You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 120. Thomas Miller back with you again. If I were to mention the name Paul Harvey, would that mean anything to you? Do you know who I'm talking about? He was a radio broadcaster. In fact, he was the ultimate radio broadcaster. Tulsa boy, by the way, as well, born in the early 1900s. He was, I think, 1918. But he was raised in Tulsa, went to the same high school that my dad did, and then made it big in radio in Chicago. He was heard all around the world every day at noontime for a radio broadcast where he would do 15 minutes of news. Of course, this was back in a time when news broadcasts, you know, I mean, that's where you got your news, from the newspaper or from Paul Harvey. And, you know, we'd dial on a rotary telephone as well. I mean, it was like, yes, I remember this stuff, black and white TV. But... <laughs> oh, my, have times changed. What in the world would we do without these things in our pocket called a cell phone with alerts and notifications and news is popping into our face more than we care to know now? So I don't know that there would be a market for what Paul Harvey did today. But in his little news broadcast, he would always have a feature about the media and he would call it Shop Talk. So he would say Shop Talk and then he'd go into a story about Disney or ABC or whatever. Well, today on the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast, we're going to do a little shop talk. And I'm going to introduce you to a podcaster who has launched a very successful, not only podcast, but also a podcast network. So I want you to meet Noah Lampert. Now, if you remember back to podcast number 111 with Brandon Park, who I interviewed about a publication that he invited me to be interviewed for, well, Noah and Brandon have been friends for 20 years, and they co-partner on some projects. They each do their own. And today we're going to talk to Noah about what he's doing. So Noah's podcast is called The Synchronicity Podcast. Hmm, sound familiar. If not, you just pick the podcast up at this episode. Welcome. <laughs> but you know, you know that my work includes a lot of synchronicity observation. It's like we're looking for synchronicities. Now, Noah's podcast is a lot more contemporary than mine, I will say. It is more edgy. It's on the line between pop culture and spirituality, which is great because you'll hear things and be introduced to things that you won't hear here. But Noah took it a step further, and he created a MindPod network. And he explains in the interview how the MindPod network came about but it was a culmination of the work that he had been doing in the past. So it was just natural as he started his podcast to bring other podcasters together who are similar but also different but complementary. So in this podcast, we're going to get under the skin, if you will, of what Noah is doing. And if you're interested in podcasting, maybe there will be some nuggets in here that might help you with your future journey. So let's meet the founder of the Synchronicity Podcast and the MindPod Network. Noah Lampert. Noah, thanks so much for joining us on Subconscious Mind Mastery. Great to have you on here. Thanks for having me. You have put together quite a collection of resources for podcasters. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about is a, a lot of people in my audience I know would like to step up and have a platform. They'd like to have a voice in this digital world. And I don't know if you saw it. There was an article in Adweek recently where podcasting revenue is up 85%. Did you see that? I did see that, and I retweeted it, and I had someone 
actually tweet out something that I thought was really interesting as a reply. Um, they're like, this is going to ruin podcasting, which I do not, just to be clear, agree with at all. Um, yeah, I mean, podcasting is clearly having a moment um, in every sense of the word. And I think it's just kind of a, a validator that this this kind of long form deep penetrating type of media is resonating with people. Absolutely. There's no doubt. So walk us through, and I'm, we're going to hit two things here. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk to the people who would like to have a platform. So that'll be kind of the first part. And then we're going to talk about the message of your platform in the second sure. part. So cool. tell us, just walk us through how you got started. You're making an impact. You've got a lot of people listening and you built a podcast network. So just <laughs> kind of help us pick all that apart. Well, I mean, it's weird, and I'm sure you have your own story, too. I don't know that anyone really – maybe now they do, but no one really decides that a podcast is going to be their road to success or their road to a successful career, you know, what they get paid to do it. So I think one of the beautiful things about the medium is a lot of people do get started because they're passionate about whatever their podcast is. Um, and I think that's a prereq. For, for really anything you should be doing in life, but especially for something where um, you might not see the immediate returns or rewards that you might expect when you read an article like, you know, <laughs> revenue has gone up 80%, you know, to billions of dollars just in the past year. So um, the way I got started is I actually had the podcast network before I had my own podcast. And the podcast network is MindPod Network. Um, it originally started as a collective of spiritual teachers, um, many from the Buddhist traditions, some from the Hindu Vedic traditions as well. Um, and it really was started not on a whim, but at a suggestion by a friend, podcasting guru Duncan Trussell. Um, I was on a retreat with him, a Ramdas retreat on Maui. Um, and basically he was like, you know, I think you should have a podcast network. You guys as a group are talking about a lot of interesting things. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, who's going to do that? And it became clear in the subsequent weeks that I was the person who was going to do that because no one else was going to. <laughs> so, you know, we built it out. We built out the platforms, the structure, the workflow, um, kind of the idea behind it and really just put it out there. And that was in November of 2014. Um, and that network has since shifted to something called the Be Here Now Network, where all those original teachers are over there now. Um, but MindPod Network um, essentially evolved into something different, where instead of the top-down kind of spiritual teacher teaching you wisdom, it was more from an experiential lived experience of uh, spirituality or consciousness or whatever you want to call it. And that, to me, really seemed to really be in a place that I was very interested in. So before this split happened, I decided to start a podcast that essentially explored, um, you know, some of those ideas, uh, dreams, um, psychedelics, meditation, um, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, esoteric stuff, stuff that I was, you know, I was having these conversations for decades with my friends and people I would meet who would be interested in it. So those things essentially merged and I brought together and kind of curated a group of people who I thought were talking about similar things, if not the exact same thing as me, um, but similar things, but from a different perspective. So from a comedic perspective, from an artistic perspective, from a layman's perspective, from a tech perspective. Um, but we're all kind of talking about the same stuff. And that to me 
at least in the particular vein of podcasting that we're in, is just so amazing to do, to listen to, to experience. And I think this is kind of the new kind of evolving paradigm that we're entering into is these dynamic conversations that we're having. We really can get to kind of this underlying current of innate wisdom that I think we all possess. So that's kind of a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> but a good one and comprehensive. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. So you're cutting edge, I think, on the culture. Is that part of the reason for the success? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to unpack something like that because I think at the end of the day, what we're all doing, myself included, is just bringing our perspective to whatever it is we're talking about. So if that happens to be politics, if it happens to be technology, if it happens to be um, popular culture or whatever it is, um, we're just bringing our authentic selves while also recognizing that you know, some of the concepts we're talking about are like do the difference between a dualistic and unified universe. You know, what is does dualism exist? Is the world we live in akin to an illusion? Do our unconscious, you know, archetypes and complexes and neuroses actually shape our world and we're just kind of, you know, victim to them most of the time. So these are things that I think interface with culture in a really, really profound way. And we're at this particular time in the zeitgeist, it seems, where it's more accepted than ever before. So these alternative viewpoints to maybe the rational materialist, um, you know, perspective now are more accepted than the other. So I mean, I think it's popular because we're not eliminating anything. So the idea of like, if you become a spiritual person, you need to go into a cave and meditate or, you know, take monastic vows. Um, that works for some people, of course. I just happen to be of the opinion that if you incarnated here in the West and you grew up in a culture like this, like these are your tools. These, This is the world that you navigate to get to these fundamental truths. So to not include them would really just be akin to like a bypass, a spiritual bypass. So I think it's somewhere in there is why it's resonating with people because, you know, I think a big failing of a lot of the Abrahamic religions in the past few hundred years is they've kind of separated the experienced lived life from what actually, you know, what they're talking about, which is this ideal, perfect, moral, all of the time, there's no shadow side, you cannot sin, you cannot do these things. That's not how people, nav that's not most people's regular day-to-day -day experiences. So to not talk about the stuff we do experience day-to-day, -day, I think misses the whole point. One of the most profound things in my transformation journey was when a friend of mine said, just explore the idea that there is no sin, that you're whole, <laughs> you're whole and complete and perfect just as you are. That's right. And I had to try that on because that was not from my background. <laughs> yeah. But once I embraced it and realized, wow, that was so created as a control vehicle, then it just opened up a freedom that I've, I just have relished in since. Yeah. And I mean... I think that freedom that you're describing is, again, like kind of a prerequisite for being exploring the real, you know, the real material here that 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 we actually are plunging into when we're talking about subconscious or unconscious or anything below the threshold of our consciousness um, like that, that sense of freedom, it really has to be there. Otherwise, you just are always potentially going to fall prey to you know, so many different types of pitfalls, you know, the rigidity and dogma that seeps into, 
you know, truthfully, like I, I mean, not to get too much on a tangent here, but I grew up Jewish, you know, I reformed Jew, Judaism. So not, I didn't grow up Christian, but I consider Jesus one of the most profound figures in my life, like Christ consciousness, um, Jesus as a figure, many of the things he said, um, I think are amazing. But if that is, you know, kind of parlayed with this rigid, make you feel bad, scared, don't do things a certain way, it kind of undercuts the beauty and the poetry of of really one of the most profound, um, you know, philosophies ever to emerge. So it's it's a shame, but it doesn't detract from the underlying message is my point. Well, one of the laws of the universe, of course, is polarity, and there's great polarity in that uh, in that distinction, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little. <laughs> you know, there was I was hiking with a friend last night here in Aspen, and she sat next to Simon Sinek at a conference. They're having this Aspen Ideas conference this week here. Mm. He's the guy who did the massive TED Talk with like over 50 million downloads, I think, total on Start With Why. And his whole thesis is people buy the why. Mm. Uh, He mentions Apple as an example uh, you know, like Dell came along and said, well, we have this processor and we have this screen and we have this hard drive and we have this type of keyboard. Apple came in and said, we're just a bunch of renegade rogues who want to change the world. And oh, by the way, we make a really cool computer. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I think what I'm hearing in some of your uh, discussion here and the group of people that you've put together are people that are communicating from their why. Yeah. This is what we believe and this is our message and people attached to that. So it, you, you keyed in, I couldn't have said it better and I never really thought it exactly like that, but yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. And, and, you know, I don't think anyone ever loves when they're doing something that they really care about and they're not, you know, making a living from it as many of the podcasters on my network and myself, this isn't our full-time job. But one of the beautiful things about it is someone who continues to do something on a weekly or regular basis where they're not getting financially rewarded for it, where it's just because they're coming from that why or they're coming for the love of it, that to me is how you figure out like who's really down for this, You know, who really when the rewards do start coming um, because we've put our heart and soul into it, these are the people who really you know are not – uh, entitled to it, but like they're they're deserving of it. And I think when you take money out of the equation, we're not completely out of the equation, but when you take it out as the primary kind of focal point for growth or whatever you're doing, you really can get in touch with the wise a lot easier. You know, it's it's one of the weird aspects of our culture with how money fits in. And I'm not the type of person who believes in any sense of the saying that money is the root of all evil. I, I don't believe that. I believe that it's an inherently a neutral tool. It's an exchange of energy, just like anything else. Um, and, you know, we happen to live in a system that maybe prioritizes the making of money over human stuff, which is a shame. But Money can be used for anything. So I like in this sense that we're, we've put together a group and a team of people who certainly want to have this help them financially. I mean, the more we can make this a, a part of our income and revenue, the more we can time we can devote to it and the more we can grow it. And that seems to be helping a lot of people. But the fact that it's not there and people are still doing it, that to me is amazing. That that just validates the whole sense of they're coming from the place of why. I love I love how you said that. 
Well, and I wanted to ask, so for people who would like a platform and would like a voice but haven't taken this step yet, in a world of clutter, you know, Michael Hyatt wrote his book on uh, getting a platform. I forget exactly the name of it, but it was Platform, and he has Platform University. It's how to stand up in a crowded world. What advice would you give to somebody when they're sitting there thinking about how many millions of podcasts there are around the world? Who's going to listen to mine? What would you say to them? Well, the first thing is, is recognize that if you get five, one person, five people, 10 people listening regularly to what you're putting out, you've, you've, you're a huge success. Truthfully, that's, that's the truth. The, the real thing is, is that find the thing that you can't not do. Right. The thing that even if it's just seems like the most foolish, ridiculous, doesn't make sense thing, but it keeps coming up in your life. You know, you you have to do that thing or you need to talk about that thing. That's where you should start Um, in terms of, you know, growing and networking and all of that. Just do your thing. Be an authentic, natural, normal person for yourself, whatever uniqueness and quirkiness that may entail, um, and just do your thing. Eventually, um, even if it feels like you're blast, oh, I'll, I'll give a story about this. This is this is totally pertinent. So I used to um, have a blog for my business, digital marketing blog, and I would write these detailed posts. And one of them, the, the names of the post was how to stand out in a sea of noise, right? That was uh, really like, how do you have your blog or whatever you're doing be popular? And this thing was, no one was reading this thing, maybe like 10, 15 people a day, you know, who would find my site through something, but really no one was responding to it. But then I started using Google plus and found a few communities. This was years ago. And I put it in the right group. It was like a digital marketing group and I had been a part of it and was I I'd interacted with people and I put it up there and it blew up. Like it absolutely blew up. Like I was getting like dozens of shares every minute. Like it was spread out, you know, it was tons of people were following me and com- commenting with it. So the point of the story is not how amazing I am and how smart I am. It's that if I would have made the decision when no one was really reading it that it wasn't good and that it sucked and it was so pointless, there's so many people, and the irony of it being an article about how to stand out was not lost on me, I would have given up and it would have felt – and I could have been right before I posted it on this place and had a tremendous amount of feedback which validated for me that it was a good article, that people did care about it. So. It's really, really important that you don't get caught up in expectations. You know, one of the most important things, I have a creativity course where I try to teach people how to start and maintain a regular creative practice is don't start comparing your stuff when you're just starting out to a finished product. So don't compare your podcast to Tim Ferriss's podcast. He's been doing this for a really long time. He, he's been writing really long time. Any, any of your favorite podcasts recognize like if you're comparing your first few episodes, your first 20, 30 to those like, yeah, they're better. There's no, no one starts out like at their A game. So the re- it really is a combination of the consistency of just doing it and finding kind of that nexus point of what you're passionate about that you have to do it. You know, if you're doing it because you want it to lead to something else or you want it to be something else for you, that's maybe not the best reason to start a podcast or any endeavor. But if you like had to do this, even if it was just like, you know, you're on your last dollar. It made no sense. Like that's the thing that I think you should pursue consistently and fully for as long as you can. You know, I have never 
I have never yet gone back and listened to my first episode. <laughs> I don't know that I ever will. Right. And I'm I'm a hundred and something in now, and and I don't know that I'll ever go back and listen to number one. And when right. I started mine, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I just had this intuitive prompt to right. start a podcast, and it I just followed intuition, and it. It's taken off and grown into something great. You know, with all the work that you've done, give us some takeaways. What can people put in their pocket? Now, shift to the application part. Obviously, this is an exciting field and people can step into it if they want to have a voice. But what have you learned from it? Oh, man. Well, like you, I started it kind of with an intuitive prompt, not knowing what I was getting into. And I I knew people had been podcasting. Um, and they said, you know, oh, it's going to change your life and all these things. I was like, yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, the biggest takeaways have been that I've, I'm a musician. I went to a music school. I've finished some songs. I've finished way less than the ones that I've finished. Um, having something that I put out regularly on a weekly basis with the podcast um, has been the biggest creative catalyst in my entire life for so many reasons. One is um, it's given me an outlet for some of my other creative projects so I can put my music in episodes and people respond to it and it makes me feel good and it's validation. Two is it forces me to find interesting people to talk to. Um, I have to do it because I feel I have an obligation to the people who are listening and subscribing. Um, And those two things alone would be, I mean, incredibly beneficial on their own. But like, I also, in terms of conversing with people, probably the biggest takeaway for someone like me, as you can tell from this episode, for people listening, I like to talk. Um, I've had to develop the skill of listening to a much higher degree than I ever have in my life. And that is just like one of the best things anyone can learn in life. If you can learn how to listen to people, um, you immediately become an amazing conversationalist. You immediately open up doors to potentially helping people in other ways that you might not have figured out. You gain so much more experience and wisdom because like we like to think, some of us, that we, we do know intuitively everything. So I'll say that on one level, but on another level, we don't know shit. So listening to other people is just such a valuable skill to learn. So, I mean, those are the major takeaways, but those three, I mean, that's, that's, those three can carry, those are a lifetime's worth of gifts. It's a boon, really. And then I loved what you said when we were talking before about gratitude. Tell them what you said of what you do a couple of times a day yeah. as a prompt. Yeah. Um, so a couple of uh, gratitude to me, like I said, it's just, it's one of the easiest and most profound things and feelings you can put yourself mind states. You can put yourself into, um, just because it can buffer you against the most negative quote unquote emotions that can come up. Um, so a couple of times a day, because my phone is always on me, I set up, I have reminders that go off on my phone that say gratitude. And it's just a prompt for me to take the time to find something that I'm grateful for or find be able to drop into that state of gratitude. Now, I'll say this just in case people get discouraged if they do this. Um, very often, 
they will go off on my phone and I'll be like, yeah, I don't have time for that. So it's not something that will force you to be grateful, but it at least is getting into your brain somewhere. Um, and then if you do find yourself in a very grateful state kind of naturally, maybe you're in nature, you know, maybe you're with someone you, you love, maybe you're, you know, laughing at something or whatever it is, you hear a piece of music, just try to not hold on to it in a tight grasping type of way, but appreciate that state because sometimes I found this happens. You can get into these gratitude feedback loops where you're grateful for an original thing. You know, let's say it's a nature or a beautiful sunset or something. And then you get grateful for being grateful. And that state to me feels as close to like what saints and mystics describe as bliss and ecstasy as I could possibly imagine. So, um, you know, and like I said, it can really, really buffer you against the states of mind where they're self-indulgent thinking like no one loves me. I'm not good at anything. You know, no one likes me. I'm worthless. The gratitude is a is a clear buffer to those types of thoughts if you can, you know, genuinely drop into it. You didn't know this about me, but I've always wanted to live in Colorado, and now I live in Aspen, and which yeah. is just like a the crown jewel of the state. I mean, I couldn't yeah. have been provided anything better. And I will often stop halfway down a ski run and just look around or on a hiking trail and with intense gratitude – Right. Thank the universe for this gift and just right. enjoy it every single day. And I really believe the energetic principle yeah. that obviously we get back what we put out. So if we put out gratitude, the universe is going to boomerang that and give us more things to be grateful for. I agree with that completely. And it's just one of the best things that you can do. And it naturally arises under so many circumstances. So even if you have to create kind of a gratitude engine for yourself, so, you know, writing down every day a few things you're grateful for, it, it does. You tend to notice more and appreciate more things as you kind of drop into it. And the energetic principle is is what it's all about. I mean, that that to me is just, it's been clear. Um, when you can kind of ride that wave of gratitude, you tend to be, you know, kinder and more grateful to other people. So it's just, it is this state that if we can really slip into as much as possible, um, it's just, yeah, it's a wonderful and beautiful thing. All right. Just to be silly and playful here, what are the times that your alarms go off? You said twice a day. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, I don't even know the exact times they go <laughs> off now because it's, it's, if I don't open the alarm, like it's an, it's a reminder. So it'll pop up on my screen. It's not something that like chimes. Ah, it's not like, the alarm. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's a reminder. So it'll go off. And then if I don't look at it, it'll keep going off until I look at it. Ah, so there you go. I okay. think it's at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. I, I I think. I mean, I've forgotten. It's been so long since I set these things up. I mean, years and years and years. All right. I just was going to say, well, we'll just follow along with you. So when yours goes off, ours will go off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 9 and 9 is the way um, I'm pretty sure those are the times I have set up on my phone. All right. That's good. So when you're getting the day started and then when you're starting to wind it down. Exactly. Be grateful. Exactly. Noah, tell us how to find you again online. So to find me, the best ways um, for my podcast, it's syncpodcast.com. That's S-Y-N-C podcast.com. I'm on Twitter. I got Facebook groups for synchronicity, got a page for it. Um, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm on Spotify. I'm a regular internet 
Denizen. You will find me at all the local watering holes. Oh, and then MindPod Network, too. Tell them about oh, that. Oh, of course. MindPod Network. Yeah. So MindPod Network is the podcast network we were talking about. It's a you know community of like-minded creatives, artists, podcasters. There, I think... I think there are 15 podcasts on there now. We're adding a couple more. Um, we're growing really, really quickly and trying to figure out the best ways to do that. And then I, we also have a live event going on in New York City. Tickets are coming on sale soon, September 21st. Um, so, yeah, that's those are the places All right. that I have going on. Noah, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here at Subconscious Mind Mastery. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, Noah asked me to be a guest on his podcast. So if you'd like to hear that interview, turn the tables, and I'm the one being interviewed, go to the Synchronicity Podcast, episode number 94. And I'm certainly looking forward to what's ahead on the journey with Noah and Brandon. Thank you for listening to this one. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.